Hey everybody, welcome to Swedenborg and Life Live. Today our show is Spiritual Paths, Holy Principles, and Divine Customization. I'm going to be your host, my name is Curtis Childs, and tonight our theme we're going to look at bending, not breaking, and why it's important to work with what people already care about and use that to guide them and teach them rather than trying to stuff new stuff in there and rip everything else out, or at least that's how the divine does it, so it should be good enough for us. And we're following up on last week's annual meeting live extravaganza, which was how God reaches us. And in that episode, we had a trailer based on Swedenborg's book, Other Planets, that featured some puppeteering. And uh, actually, this trailer has had a pretty big impact on our office culture and how we kind of do things and, and think about things around here. And to discuss a little bit of that, I actually have two guests here with me today, this is Dr. Jonathan Rose. Hi, Curtis. As, a, as you all know, hi, Jonathan, series editor for the New Century Edition of the Theological Works of Emanuel Swedenborg. And then we have our Latin consultant, Cara Dom. Hey, Cara. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks so much to both of you for, for coming. What people may be wondering, uh, if they saw the last episode or even not, now that I mentioned it, why did we make this trailer with puppets on the moon and all that in the first place? Well, it was partly to show how very different the works of 1758 are from each other, even written for different audiences. So uh, we wanted to show with trailers how different they were, bring that difference out. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and I think it's a great example of how the Lord accommodates us all, no matter who we are, where we are, where we came from, where, what our background is. Um, he can reach us. He's got ways to find us no matter where we are. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said accommodation because that's, that's where we're kind of going with the rest of the show. We're going to dig into this discussion a little further and see what other wisdom is there. I, I don't know if this is really necessary this week because we always do this discussion. It's the same this week as every other week. But I think we might as well do, do the icebreaker section. Would you both stick around for that? Sure. sure. We'll all get oriented and we'll get in touch with all of you right now. So what we do here, everybody, if you're watching at home on the YouTube, is we are all up here posed a question, and we do our best to answer it. No pressure, guys. And you at home, answer it in the chat room. And at the end, we'll see what you're thinking, because we would love to get sort of a round table on. Usually it's some kind of question about life change or theological something, but it's a little different. It's almost a little market research today, because the question that breaks the ice is this. What would you like to see us do a Swedenborg in Life show about someday? I don't know if, you, if you've ever thought about this, but yeah, what, what would be nice to cover? What does Swedenborg cover well? Or what's something you've wondered about that we could perhaps enlighten ourselves on researching and writing a show? Hmm. Well, the thought that comes to me is that uh, Swedenborg has such radical things to say about how beautiful the future will be full of love right. and kindness and, and sense of the presence of God. And so I know you've already done a couple of shows on that, but that would be awesome. Yeah, u- utopian rather than dystopian. And just look at yeah, what, what is, if he says the new church is on the way, what is the new church? And what does that actually look like when it hits, hits the planet? That's great. So, Cara, what, what about you? Well, the first thought that comes to me is a little more mundane, but I've noticed Good. in some of my translation work 
there's there's things in the Bible and things that Swedenborg talks about referring to cleaning, like sweeping and cooking and things mm. like that. Yeah. And wouldn't it be fun to sort of infuse some bit of spirituality or higher higher thoughts into this everyday kind of stuff that we do with our lives? Yeah, because oh, we're cleaning, or we should be cleaning all the time. Yeah. If you get that to be a spiritual practice of some kind, that would be a major... Um, if, uh, life hack. That's what Life hack, right. Because you've got to spend this time here anyway. If you're getting sort of a spiritual buzz out of it at the same time, that's really good. What I would love to do is look farther into correspondences in natural ecosystems. Uh-huh. Take the Swedenborg's idea, which I feel like I've grasped portions of, but not all of it, but that our psychology is somehow mapped onto the whole natural world, or, or the natural mm. world is is um, a, a grand, a grand um, representation or manifestation of the way thoughts and feelings play out in our minds and the way certain ones hunt the others and the way they have to find their home and what their food is. Mm -hmm. I, I've always loved nature stuff and I feel like you could make some really weird but good uh, TV out of that. So I'd those are that. our thoughts. What are your thoughts? We want to know what, what would be good to do the next show on. You never know. You may inspire us and you may have an episode that came out of this right here. So uh, that said, I think let's, let's, uh, let's get into the the work to be done. We're going to move into our next section where we dig deeper into this divine customization. We're looking at protecting the roots. So we're going to go now, part two. So just wondering, for you at home, did you think we would do the puppets thing for the whole time? Mm. Like, did, did you think they're they're doing this too long? Well, it was two sections. Are they going to pull it all through? Well, Kara will be back, but but uh, we're going to be humans from here on out. Thanks for hanging out, human Dr. Jonathan Rose. Um, where we want to get into is this idea of how we're led and taught by God. Mm. And this radical concept that... It's not like, here's the standard, get to the standard, learn what composes the standard, and then God will take you into some kind of program. But wherever you are, whoever you are, the divine is working with what you've got. You would think if it was a business, you'd want to try to just hit people sort of generally, like this size will probably fit them. Yeah. But the idea of personalizing it is kind of mind-boggling. You know, how does God do that? Right. How, how and why, and this is Secrets of Heaven 1255, where it goes a little into that. The Lord never breaks the principles we first adopt as children, but bends them. Any principles we possess that we have always invested with holiness, mm. so it's not like whether or not this something is holy, it's whether we invest it. Yeah, how holiness. we saw it. Huh. And that, the, the, that do not inherently oppose God's plan or the order of the physical world, but are inconsequential. Those principles the Lord leaves alone and allows to remain in us. Interesting emphasis on childhood there. Yeah. That in your childhood there are special things, you know, deep sort of feelings that yeah. you have. And it doesn't really matter what they're about externally. It's like, oh, I can work with that, says God. And it, he said that there's limits on it if it was some kind of um, deeply destructive, harmful belief mm. about 
portions of the human race, right. that wouldn't be allowed to stick around. But as long as it's not going to cause ethical problems, it doesn't matter if it's 100% true. If it's holy to you, this is the tool we're going to work with. Mm. Which is awesome. And, it, and it's good that God is doing that because no spiritual or religious tradition has perfect truth. If you're, if you're straining no, out... There's bound to be a little whisper down the lane about all of them, right? Yeah. Like a little bit of a, oh, problems in transmission or something. That's right. Swedenborg talks about it further, Secrets of Heaven, 1992. The Lord has no wish to destroy abruptly. Is it like, who would think that God is thinking about us in those terms? Right. Oh, I got I to gotta let, you, let you go easy here. I know, just like a little kid, I know that you don't actually know how to go down the slide yet yourself, so I do need to hold your hand. But I, it's, mm. just, it's just fascinating. It's amazing let alone instantly, the religion we were brought up on. No matter what that is. Yeah. To do right. so would be to tear it out by the roots and so destroy the reverent devotion and worship sown deeply in us. Ah, so like the, the teachings of that religion is one thing, but the, those feelings, that devotion and worship, is like he doesn't want to mess with that. And that's the, the classic case of the will being what's really going on with us. Mm. The feelings are actually yeah, more important the, than the concepts. Than the mind and stuff. Yeah. Right. This reverence the Lord never breaks but bends. Mm. An innate feature of the reverent devotion rooted in us from our childhood is the fact that it cannot survive violence. Only gentle, merciful bending. Wow. Yeah, you'd think... Another thing that might be tempting for a lesser God would be, let's tear that out. You know, yeah. if it was your garden, you'd say, get yeah. that out. You yeah. know, and, and that's right. Uh, yeah. Like, come on, move it on. We got we got a schedule. Yeah, yeah. Here. We got we got important stuff to do here. But right. why? So why? Is it just because God is sentimental? But we'll get into that here. Mm. And the other life, people's holy worship, rooted in them from childhood, is not taken from them instantly, but gradually. Ah, so it's not that you just leave everybody where they are, yeah. but that you, it's a gentle process yes. to, okay, let's take that principle. I'll take you from A to B. How about this? Yeah. You see how this is related to that? And then bring you along gently like that. Because you would think, okay, we die and we get to the next life. Somebody's going to be there telling us, this is how it really is. You were wrong about this. You're wrong about this. Here's what it is. But actually, there's this whole graduating system that goes mm. and goes. So you're comfortable Wherever with this. Wherever you start out. Yeah. In those who have lived lives of love for one another, the seeds of the faith's good values and true ideas can easily be planted. Oh. And later on, they receive those seeds with joy because love for others is the soil to plant them. There's in. that love word again. That's yeah. fascinating that mm. that's what matters. It's, it's not that you were raised with the correct concepts, but that those concepts, much like you know, plants and organic matter decompose to create soil, that those concepts were able to function to create the soil of, of love and charity in you. Mm. That's what's going on. Nice. Of course, if we're talking about a plant, we're going to have a plant. I oh, feel like this is like the ninth good. plant prop that we've had. But this one, okay. Here we've so got a cute. plant. It's got a root system, and it is cute. And if we were to just pull it up out of the ground right now on live TV, I'm not going to do it, but that would kill the plant. Yeah, in fact, as I look at it closely, there are three different stems in there. Yeah. And so if you tried to yank out, you say, well, come on, you don't need that one. That's right. Like, that's, that's not the right thing to have in yeah. there. So, ah, just yank that out. It caused problem. Rip in the same way, ripping out somebody's foundational beliefs about life, even if it's a religion that you think is wrong, that would damage, not just hurt their feelings, but would actually damage their spiritual development. Yes, and your root system is so important when you're a plant, and it's all interwoven. I mean, you know it's got to be interwoven on there, right? It's not... So as you try to pull part of it, you can't do that without damaging other parts that are really needed. Well, and this is, okay, 
this is why I want to go into the ecosystem further, like I was saying mm. for my episode, because soil, you just think it was always there, but it was built up by successive generations of plants over hundreds of thousands of years. Mm. And that's the way that on a micro scale happens in our minds, that these little things that we believe, they grow up, they die, they return, they cast seeds that go to the next one, which is not even about the plants, it's old about the soil. Concepts, old behaviors or yeah. whatever, and yet that's a rich sort of mulch in which uh, things can grow. Fascinating, and, and at certain places around the world, you can grow better crops in because the biology beforehand mm. set these different kinds of so soils. so good, yeah. And so another reason why you can't just go yanking stuff out is you said there's three stocks. Let's say that one of these is a good idea, and then the other is a harmful idea. It's all just gonna come out together. How do you even It'll know? just come out together, <laughs> when, <laughs> absolutely. When, when that I, whole thing will come right out in a heartbeat. Whenever I yeah. get really aggressive in my garden, like I just gotta get all this weeded, Oops, I got Oops. handfuls of the things that, <laughs> that I wasn't trying. That's right. Or my, the other day, like my daughter was helping me weed the garden. She's very mm. young. And I was like pulling stuff out and she's like, great, I'm helping. She's just going at the plants <laughs> that we're supposed to be like, because they're all plants, right? Right. That's how we all are yeah, to the things in our right. minds and hearts. It's all just, that's it's right. all fine. It's all good. <laughs> Since the stuff is so intertwined, God has to work gently with everything that we got in the mind. This is Secrets of Heaven mm. 2053. And human beings, there is no pure form of intuitive truth or in other words, divine truth. The religious truth we have is only apparent truth. Doesn't matter which religion you are, nobody's got the straight stuff because you're trying to take something divine and place a finite. Put it into some finite vessel. Right, right. Uh, the fact mm. that, I mean, if angels, sorry to cut myself off, but if angels are <laughs> being perfected in love and wisdom to eternity, that even if you can, can keep going up forever, obviously we don't have anything fully comprehended no, at this level. That's right, that's right. The fact that illusions and distortions attach themselves to it shows how impure it is, to the religious so, truth. To our truth that we have. Yeah, that's right. So it's got illusions, distortion, right, misunderstanding, all kinds of stuff in there. That's right. Easy to see in other people. Not yes, harder to see harder in Harder to see in yourself. The Lord still binds himself to us in those impurities. That's so nice. However, animating and enlivening them with innocence and charity to form a conscience in us. Oh, so those get animated, and that's how you get a conscience going. Yeah. Sure, I can use this soil, or yeah, right, this is just old stuff breaking down, but yeah, sure. The truth that forms our conscience, or our sense of right and wrong, varies from person to person, depending on our religious beliefs. Yeah, you know, you might think, or some people might think, oh, this is conscience, or like, yeah. my conscience should be everybody's conscience. That's right. Like, don't you know? That's wrong. That's wrong, yeah. this is right. And, and, yet, not, and yet God is being much more flexible with yeah. us than that. And it's not, I think we should pause and say, it's not just total mor moral relativism that what's right for one person might be wrong, right, not right for another person. Or right. somebody, it's okay if this person murders because they think it's okay. But it's whatever, anything can be part of good conscience if it, contribute, if it creates in the person love and charity. Right. You know? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it's always developmental, working to get you from A to B. Right, know, right, right. And so, B to C and so on. And if you're lucky, C to D. Yeah. Because we have been steeped in that truth and have considered it holy, mm. the Lord does not want to hurt it, as long as it does not violate what the faith values as good. Yeah, I guess there could be some concepts that are so horrible or something yeah. like that this doesn't apply to, but anything that's halfway in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, like if someone's a Yankees fan. I don't know. Like, isn't that, isn't that like what people, there's people... Something heinous like that? ...care about sports, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do, but I don't know anything about baseball. Still, the closer we come to possessing genuine religious truth, the better our conscience 
is. Mm, so your conscience is made up of whatever. So you can have good soil, you can have bad soil, but stuff grows in, in all different kinds of media. And this is another nuance on Swedenborg's relativism. That a, a lot of people will say, oh, Swedenborg is cool because he says all religions are a path to heaven, which right. is very true, but he does say that there's a, there's a difference in potency. Like certain ideas that more closely resemble the actual reality Anything can work, but certain things work more effectively. Yeah. I think it's just like you know beliefs about the physical world. There's been a lot of different explanations for things, and some were close. Like right now, even for a long time, we were very sure like um, eagles m three squared. This is how gravity works, or something. But now they're like, wait, is that actually how it is? With the, what's the unifying theory? Are we going to slightly have to right. amend that? I don't know what I'm talking about, but my point right. is, Newton's yeah. theories were, were very solid and apply yes. in a lot of cases, but there's levels where it breaks down. Yeah. And, yeah. So because his was so close to the actual truth, it was very, you could do a ton with it. We built all kinds of technology, changed the mm. world, but you can go farther with the next one. Whereas if you thought something that was completely ridiculous about gravity, you wouldn't be able to build many machines. Yes, you don't get you don't get farther, and so there's actual damage to good stuff if you take that bad stuff out too early. Yeah, right. I'm thinking that biblical story of the the wheat and the tares. That parable. This parable. You happen to have that right this there. This is some wheat and some tares right here. Oh, that's so amazing. Can there you, they are. And there's a there's our our friend the sower. Could you just give us a refresher on what this parable is? Okay, this is cool because I don't know if you can see this, but there's this devil in the in the field out here, yeah. and then there's also the farmer working away. And the idea is this: Jesus told this parable where. Um, someone goes out and he plants this, this seed to grow a crop and then a devil comes and just sows other stuff in the field. Right. And so the servants come to the master and they say, hey, you only sowed good seed, right? So what's this doing out in the field? You want us to go yank that out of there? Yeah. I well, mean, it's a course. natural reaction. Right? Yeah. I don't think the Bible actually uses the word yank, but you know, it, uh, it's along those some lines. Some translations. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. It's a linguistic thing. But uh, so... Uh, what the master says is, no, 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 that might hurt the good stuff that's growing out there. Yep. And he says that amazing line of, an enemy has done this. Like there's an enemy sowing out the same field, and the field is like our mind. Yeah. And so he says, let it all grow up until it gets to the point of harvest. Then we can clearly see what's what. And we can separate the wheat, put it in the barn, gather the tares or weeds, you know, yeah. and burn them and... Uh, if, rid of them that way. If you've had the experience of, tr of having maybe a patch in your garden that got seriously overgrown and you have plants that you want in there and other ones you don't, uh, but it's, it's a full-on field, separating those is impossible. And similarly, so the stuff in our minds, this is the whole accommodation thing. Even though that thing in the end is not part of the, the plan, you can't pull it out now. Everything else will be erased. And it, I, I have really honestly hadn't thought until we're actually broadcasting this show of something this is a like... a brand new thought, everyone. Uh, of Newton's, you know, things, things like Newton yeah. uh, as being something that God sort of smiles on and tolerates because, yeah, then I can take you to quantum mechanics or whatever. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get... The, the, that's fine. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. We'll take that for truth. And then we'll build on that, you know, because it's a pretty good approximation. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll get there from here. So there's a great example of not just tearing that down. No, that's not the way it works. And that's how the, that's how the whole literal sense of the Bible is that Swedenborg says. You can hear stories like the, the wheat and the tares and think something that's a little inaccurate, 
But it's, if it's good enough, that can be a stepping stone to later learn spiritual truths based on that. So mm. everybody is led according to the path that is right for them. It's a very complicated business <laughs> model, isn't it? Because to say, wherever you are, I will take you from there. Full service. You know, you don't have to come to my place of business. You know, it's nothing but house calls, yeah. right? It, it's, it's all where, wherever you are, I'll, I'll start you over here. That's right. And, and in the spiritual world that we go to after we die, this becomes even more overt and obvious because there are actually paths designed for every person and customized in that mm. way. And we're going to hear a little bit about Swedenborg's experiences with those paths in our next section, The Return of the Spiritual Road Trip. Mm. One fascinating facet about the afterlife as described by Manuel Swedenborg is that he says everybody seems to receive like a customized education there. Boy, and education is a big deal in the other world, yeah. Swedenborg says. It's not that everybody w wants to learn, but anybody who's at all willing and able to learn. A lot of people go to the other world full of questions like, what's going yeah. on? What's the nature of reality? And what was going on in my life? What Why did I have you? this problem? Yeah. And all that stuff. And, um, and the way those answers are given, again, is not like, well, you need to line up, get your permit, you know, or, yeah. or whatever, you know, join, join the membership, get the membership yeah. card, and then you have to be over here by such and such a time. No, it's just wherever you are, there's somebody to help you along that path. You hear near-death experiencers in the books, they write in things saying, I had all these questions, and before I could even ask them, everyone was answered. Swedenborg right. says, no, truths are the, the water for the soul. So just like we need water here on earth, there, like drink the water of life freely. We're going to tell you what's going on. So what if you were like, and some people die as infants, yeah. right? Like yeah. little babies or something like that. How, how does the education, is that different in that case? Yes. Well, Swedenborg says infants and little babies are taught by the highest angels because mm. they, they don't have the same blocks to, to life that we do. They're, they actually oh, haven't cool. calcified like that. And so these beings are the embodiment of the highest yeah. kind of love. Yes. are bringing, bringing them along. Whereas adults are probably usually taught by angels of the outmost heaven. Yeah. And it's even adapted to like which background you come from, like your, your religion, yes. right? Like, you know, people who are like you kind of thing. So Swedenborg says that, yeah, everybody's taught by angels that were, grew up in the same faith as them because they understand. Then they understand, oh, it's like this concept. Or That's don't right. you remember reading this in the scriptures right. or something like that? Yeah, right. so ev but everybody, doesn't matter what, where you started or what you did, as long as you have the will to go farther, you can continue to be led farther and farther. And it's always God actually teaching, but through these agencies through of the angels. angels. Yeah. yeah, and I love the way Swedenborg describes it because the angels generally... Um, First of all, they, they don't much speak until spoken to. You know, they don't come in and just say, oh, well, here's a lecture, sit down, be quiet, you know. Yeah, uh, like we do right here. Right. <laughs> they, they will ask questions, okay. they'll listen to your answer, and then they can evaluate, okay, you've got this folder in your head, but you don't yet understand this. So, okay, I'll go with this, you know, because this yeah. will get you from A to B again, B to C. So. I, man, I so crave that. Well, I, Wouldn't that be I, nice? When I think about it, when I, just just like, I think even walking up to the show today, I was like, man, to have, because you can go mm. in any direction, you can learn some things about the physical world, but I want to know like the 
core of the truth about life. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? And there's just no anymore you can really go for that. So to go, I'm going to be one of those like people that well, no, they're going to be trying to close up shop for the day. I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait, we don't, I have Curtis. one more question. Curtis, yeah, we got to, yeah, we, we, we have to go. Because <laughs> right. uh, um, <laughs> life is such, uh, such an intense thing. It is. And you have so many, so many questions. And the answers, I think, would be so like, oh, because they're, I think they're designed to whet your appetite. And so you, well, come on. I mean, what about, yeah. Uh, wait, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. You know, and they it work with me, you know, and, and the angels love that. They, they just love doing that work. As you can tell, we love thinking about them doing that work. If you want to hear a little bit more about that subject in general, check out our episode, What It's Like to Be Taught by mm. an Angel. And this leads us to the paths we were talking about. Because paths, yeah. mental phenomena and external phenomena are, are direct reflections of each other in that world. So mm. just like there's one sort of educational path for everyone, there are actually paths that people see that are directly related to what's in their heart and in their mind. And they appear when you're like ready to go somewhere. And it's not some, I mean, they talk about the highway to heaven or something, but it's not highway-ish, is it? No. It's, it's an individualized path. And it only appears when, when you're uh, ready to follow it. And, there's, in, and you only have a will to follow it if it leads to somewhere that you love. Mm. And so these are two numbers in Swedenborg's Heaven and Hell, 519 and 520. Mm. And we're going to explore a little bit, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, just what he says about it. So this is Heaven and Hell, 519. Mm. After spirits have been prepared for heaven in these learning sites, we were just ta talking learning about Learning sites, yeah, right. Which does not take long because they are surrounded by spiritual concepts that comprehend a great deal at once. So efficient education. Yeah. Like your, your bombard, like it's multi-sensory or something like that. Again, right. like NDEs who say, so, you know, I had this huge download of information. Yeah, that's right. They are dressed in angelic clothing usually white as linen, which mm. would correspond to the truth. In to that. the truth, okay. that's right. Taken to a path that leads up toward heaven and turned over to guardian angels there. It's they kind are of nice that you've got like guardians or companions oh, on that yeah, journey. You get, yeah, you yeah, get good great. chaperoning the whole time. Then they are accepted by other angels and put in touch with their communities with a host of blessings. Oh, that's sweet. The Lord then takes each angel to her or his community. This has See, individualized service. And, it's and an amazing business model. It's that good. you've got a place that's for you. Because here right. you can say, ah, I'm living in this portion of this country. Shouldn't I be somewhere else? Or shouldn't I be in the house up the road? Yeah. Or what am I doing? Or I don't like this time of year. Or I don't, you know, yeah, so you or any times of right. year. Uh, <laughs> but there you've got a spot. And you know, you know, you can know this is mm. the place for me to be. Which technically, by divine providence, we should all be feeling about that with this places we're in. But it's right. another conversation. Right. This, the, uh, this happens in various ways, the Lord taking each angel to her or his own community, sometimes with detours. Oh, yeah. Because you may need a detour, but oh, you're not yeah. ready to slot right in there. That's right. And don't we have that in this world for sure, the detours. Yeah. No angel knows the paths. Of, oh, yeah. I spent like eight years doing like an internet show about Swedenborg. It oh, really? major detour. Oh, I'm sorry to hear No that. angel knows the paths along which they are taken, only the Lord. When they arrive at their own communities, their inner natures are opened. And since they are in harmony with the inner natures of the angels who are members of that community, they are recognized instantly and accepted with joy. Oh, that sounds pretty sweet that, that you get all these blessings and so on. Like, it's really great, that, that kind of graduation. And, and that that community, that not even an angel can, you know, you say, oh, angel, please tell me which way am I supposed to, you know. 
Angel can't tell you that that's an individual thing. Those there's, pathway. There's more creative tension in the heaven than Swedenborg describes than you would think. It's not yeah. just everything. Everyone already knows everything. God is everywhere. There's no you there's sort of no sleepwalk toward yeah right. But it's even an angel can be real, true, and good. But they don't, they don't know where you go. You no, go, that's your path. You that's right. You your path. That. That's right. So if you thought that was good, here's heaven and hell five okay. twenty. Good. Why not? I should like to add here something remarkable about the paths that lead from these sites to heaven. The paths by which newly arrived angels are admitted. There are eight paths, two from each teaching site. Hmm. One, weird. Yeah, it is weird, and there's obviously not just two teaching sites. I mean, uh, four teaching sites in the whole heaven, but right. So interesting. He, okay. He may be talking about some local region. Mm. Well, we'll ask him when we get there. Yes, yes. One right. leads <laughs> up toward the east. Like, oh, the paths. They always want to know about the paths. One <laughs> leads up toward the east, and the other toward the west. Uh huh. People who are entering the Lord's heavenly kingdom are admitted by the eastern path, while people who are entering the Lord's spiritual kingdom are admitted by the western path. Wow, so these are both heavens. But Swedenborg describes two kingdoms of heaven. There's the the heavenly or celestial kingdom and then the spiritual kingdom. Yeah. And the spiritual kingdom is more about truth and the celestial or heavenly one is more about love. And amazing that you go in opposite directions and yet it's all heaven. Yes. Right? It's all, right. It's, you're still going to heaven, but two different people could be going to heaven and going in opposite and directions. The directions that they go in, everything has meaning. East has meaning, west has meaning. It's all, right. it's not just space and objects, it's a map of the psychology of the people going there. Right. So the, okay, the four paths that lead to the Lord's heavenly kingdom are graced by olive trees and various fruit trees, while the ones that lead to the Lord's spiritual kingdom are graced by grapevines and laurel. Again, these Loaded with correspondences. correspondences. I'm sure those are just a couple. Oh, and as he goes on to say. This is because, well, this is because of correspondences. <laughs> Good thing you guys have us here yeah, to right. take you through we can this help text. You with the text. Since vines and laurel correspond to an <laughs> affection for truth and its uses, while olives and fruit trees correspond to an affection for what is good and its uses. Ah, truth and good. Where mm. have I heard those two before? Yeah. So that, that's awesome to think about. Yeah, and quite quite mystical. Yeah. Need to think about how so he can generalize about these paths. But then it sounds like the individual way, it's incredibly complex. Yeah. And I can't help but thinking there's something, he's got to also be thinking about something about the human body because he's often, that's yeah. a reference point. He knew anatomy so much right. that how is it that you know, food is absorbed or you know what I mean? There's various mm -hmm. pathways and so on. And there's this interesting balance between individualism and collectivism in the, the nature of reality that Swedenborg describes. Because yeah. You've got heaven in which, you know, the ego is, is supposed to be completely lowest level and you're just thinking about how do I serve the common good and, you know, God is really the doer here, I'm just a vessel. But then on the other hand, there's a special path just for you. Just and for only you. you can see it and only you can take it. So there's this, you're such an individual and yet such a part of a community. At the and same once time. you get to that community, they instantly recognize you and welcome you with joy. Because yeah. hey, they you. know, they figure out like, ah, it's you, look. That's yeah. right. Uh, so we love having those kinds of meetings here on earth. So we try to meet as many people in the audience mm. as we possibly can. And today we have another behind the scenes guest interview for you. And we're gonna get to that in our next section.
we were talking, this whole episode got kicked off with this talk of the Puppets trailer. Oh, I remember that now, yeah. You remember that? Okay, you were here for that, so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so you, you guys, if you've seen the previous episode, we had this trailer with uh, all these puppets in it uh, out or for Swedenborg's other planets. And in it, there was a Swedenborg puppet there were all kinds of related puppets. We had a Jonathan and a Kara puppet here earlier. Hmm. Um, hmm. People don't Think just have those lying around, and we didn't just pick those up for that trailer. Our, our guest, who we're talking to today, actually was the one who supplied us with those puppets. Mm. And she is a, a Swedenborgian puppeteer. Wow. So we are going to hear How a little bit. How many of those could there be? There's got to be one. And yeah. so we're going to hear a little bit here about... Um, sort of the, the art of puppetry and what it means and does and sort of connect people further with that whole thing. So cool. This is what's up. So I am here with uh, Angela Rose. And Angela, you are a teacher at Bernathan College. Is that right? That's right. I'm chair of the Early Childhood Education Department. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. That's great. And so I'm so excited to have you here to talk to because um, you were a major part of making possible us doing this um, other Planets trailer, as if the work Other Planets were a full-length film, um, and we did it with puppets. With puppets, yes. yes. And we got our puppets from you, and yeah. they were and are fabulous. Um, and so you do um, puppeteering and puppetry, mm -hmm. and how does that, uh, I'm sure that that is interwoven with your work in early childhood education, but also for all ages. Like, what's that value of puppetry that you find and how does that work in your life? Yes, that's right. So I do puppetry for little children, but I also do puppetry for grown-ups. Mm -hmm. And I find it's a particularly powerful medium uh, because of the way it calls on the imagination mm -hmm. of the audience. So I could show one puppet here. This is, this is a puppet that doesn't have much detail, obviously. Mm. So the audience kind of fills in the missing parts, even to the expression on the face if you strike a pose. Uh, but even if the puppet has lots of detail, the audience is still helping to bring it to life uh, in a way that's different than if you had human actors portraying the character. They kind of bring everything. Mm -hmm. And the audience is in a little more of a passive role. But with puppets, the audience kind of lends their own imagination to help create the show with the puppeteer. Mm. Yeah, that's so in this episode we're talking about and in last week's episode we were talking about how the Lord works with what we love and leads us in our life directly customized to to what we feel passionate about or drawn to ourselves. And I can see I mean I've seen uh your puppet shows sometimes a few of them in the past and they there is something so impactful about puppet shows, so there's something interesting about how you might feel more emotionally impacted by a puppet show because of that kind of you've been giving yourself to it and yeah. seeing it so personally yeah, rather right. than like you're saying more of a passive thing if you're watching a movie mm -hmm. or something oh that's cool are there any other uh sort of swedenborgian ideas that impact the way that you do puppet shows 
Yes, so you're, I'm sure you're very familiar with yeah. the Swedenborgian idea uh, that our life is not our own. We don't live from ourselves, we receive life. And for me, puppetry carries that message within it. So it's, it's almost as if the medium of puppetry, the medium is the message, mm. uh, especially I find with uh, marionettes. So there's many different styles of puppets. I'll just show uh, mm -hmm. one here. This is a rod puppet. You can't see the rod, but it's <laughs> underneath here. And rod puppets have a, a lot of possibility for gesture. It can be very expansive and <laughs> contract as well. And I find little children uh, especially love the rod puppet. They, they like to give Wee Willy Winky here a, a hug after he's told them a little poem about running through the town and peeking through the windows and calling through the locks. And then he tends to get very sleepy. <laughs> and then he, he usually wants to go to sleep at, at the end there. And we just kind of put him to bed and cute. And the little children, they also feel a little bit that they're being held as you hold Sweet. the puppet. Yeah. 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 So that's the rod puppet. What you just said about the um, children fight, having such an attachment to the wee willy, wee willy winky, wee, wee willy winky um, puppet is what Swedenborg says about um, uh, the way children are taught in heaven with representations of things mm -hmm. and and uh, but that they seem alive, you know, or even even that's true of children in this world that the whole world seems alive to yes. them. So in the way that that yes, very that much so, is such a cool. Puppetry is such a cool medium to engage children with That's that. That's right, yep. So I find marionettes are an especially good style of puppetry to use, especially when you can see the puppeteer. Mm -hmm. So the audience can see the puppeteer. And to me, it's a, it's a picture of how things really do work in this world. We, we have help from above as mm -hmm. we play out our drama here on Earth. There's angels watching over us, guiding us on our way. So uh, for me, in puppetry, the medium is the message. We, we're, we're not alone. Mm -hmm. And people are watching, people up above in heaven are watching over us. And so, yeah, I think that comes through. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting, as you said, little children, they really do think everything is alive. And I, I had a first grader once say to me after I, I did a little show with marionettes and she could see me holding right. them. And, but afterwards she said, I know that was you moving that puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to trick her, but you know, there she's kind of right on this. She's the edge. Is herself. The, yeah. Right? Is the puppet alive, or yeah. is she Even making it do that? Yeah. So, yeah. And then afterwards, she came up and gave the marionette a hug. That's so, so sweet. <laughs> yeah, like they, yeah. That is so yeah. cool. So this is uh, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Rose. <laughs> uh, this puppet was made by Sony Werner. 
And who has she, been a guest on our show too. Yes. And she she actually started with a Muppet. It was a vintage Fisher Price Muppet of Animal, the oh, character from yeah, Sesame yeah. Street. And she transform it transformed it into a likeness of Jonathan Rose. <laughs> and uh, we did a puppet show with this and he, he had a line actually from True Christianity about this concept of our life is not our own. He said something like, we function as if we were on our own, except for these arm rods, which I can't seem to get rid of. <laughs> Very and I just kind of shrugged it off and went on <laughs> narrating. So the, the puppets often think they are life, and yeah, that's how we are too. <laughs> and same with Kara here. She was oh, in the yes. same. She was in the same episode, and Kara was made uh, partly by being mostly by Gray Glenn. So she really <laughs> helped with the accessories and bringing Kara to life. That's and beautiful. I have to say, Kara really does look like that puppet. Yeah. I mean, I, the puppet becomes the primary. Yes. <laughs> it's not the puppet looks like Kara. Kara looks, looks like, a lot like that. Like herself. <laughs> she does. I never studied the history. I've wondered about yeah. the history of, because I know it goes back a long time. Oh, yes. Very you know, much doing so. marionettes in, or having some kind of mm -hmm. puppet. In, in all cultures all over the world, yeah. there are some sort of puppetry tradition. Could, could I show this one over here? Sure. Maybe mm -hmm. Right, so all over the world, it just seems like that, that kind of just suggests what kind of an almost intuitive medium it is for people to yeah. try to tell stories and mm -hmm. convey these different ideas. Yeah, so this, uh, this puppet was made by Elsa Osblond Acton, who's a uh, a very remarkable Swedenborgian artist. She she passed away in 2016, and I was very honored that her daughter uh, asked me to keep these puppets, mm. uh, the whole set of them, uh, a, a royal family. And she, if you can see, she made them out of the uh, tassels from an <laughs> upholstery sample book. <laughs> so the whole family kind of is uh, goes together very beautifully. And I really should show the Swedenborg puppet after all, shouldn't I? Oh, yes. yes. We okay. should before we close and say a little bit, if you want, about the uh, how he came about and where. Sure. Got him. Yeah, so this uh, puppet was one I bought online, actually. It was made in Prague. Uh, so they have a very rich puppetry tradition in that part of the world. And I originally ordered him in black to uh, resemble Swedenborg a little more. He came right. in red, but that red ended up working better in the set, so we yeah. we kept him in red. <laughs> so, okay. All right, well, thank you so much for coming. This oh, was my great pleasure. to hear from you about it. All right. We want to welcome back uh, the likeness of the puppet we saw earlier. Here's the real Cardom. <laughs> Um, so we're here because we got to do some Q&A stuff, mm. right? Um, we've presented a lot of material and a lot of thoughts and we want to know you, what's your individual path 
in understanding all of this, this episode. Did it lead you to any questions or anything we can discuss here? So if you're on YouTube, get this stuff in right now and we'll, we'll try to answer it. So this is our very first question for the segment today. And it comes to us via Zeke who asks, Does God have emotions? Are emotions a good way to navigate through life? When you read the Bible, it will say God got angry or God was sad. Is that a correspondence? That's a good question mm-hmm. because it can seem at times like what? Should I just throw this whole thing out, the whole bag of emotions? Because they don't always seem to be a compass, but mm. they're just very tough to get rid of. And how, is, how much is the world of, isn't there some in Buddhism, some sort of call to be getting rid of attachment as much as possible? Right. And emotions, do they fall along that scale? Mm. So what do you think? Does God feel things? Are our feelings going somewhere or, or are they going to drop off as we, as we get higher and higher? What do you guys think? Mm. Oh, I think we hold on to them forever, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I, 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 it's hard to think about God and how it works there because uh, theoretically he knows everything. He's yeah. got a plan for us all. He knows where we're all going. So I imagine a feeling of peace or something for him because it's just like, yeah. I've got this, you know, yeah. we're, we're going, it's fine. But but Swedenborg talks about how the Lord leads us through our affections, which are you know, our emotions. So that seems important. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to just get rid of All emotions, right. although they can sometimes block clear thought. Um, it's yeah. tricky. Right, right, right. Jonathan, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think of God being the source of all emotions, but the... Um, there are positive emotions and there are negative emotions. And the negative ones are just twisted upside down by hell. So that, yeah. you know, the loves are turned into their opposite or something. Um, but I think there's such an important part. They were certainly a major focus of, of Swedenborg's. Um, he was very interested in thoughts and emotions and, and where they came from. And they play a huge role in what he's talking about. I'm forgetting the last part of the question there. Oh, could we put that back up there? Oh yes, the the Bible, right, right, right. Uh, Swedenborg definitely says that that's. A, I don't know if he. I think he would even call it an appearance that God never. It's impossible for God to be angry. Right. Uh, uh, now God does. You know, Jesus weeps when, when Lazarus dies and so on, and I th- I think that's powerful. And there's even one passage. There's only one in Mark that where Jesus gets angry. He or he looks around at a group with, with anger. That's, right. that's unusual. But Swedenborg would say, that's just an appearance. God's uh, nothing but love and mercy. But that's not an absence of emotion. Right. It's just extremely positive mm-hmm. emotion mm-hmm. of all different kinds and the sort of wellspring of all these emotions that we go through. Yeah. So you've got Nukara you know, saying God is outside space and time. And you pointing out the Jesus Christ thing, it seems that Swedenborg indicates both are true, that God sees all time as the present, somehow. That's right. So how can you be in suspense? Yeah, right. And anxiety here. Yes, right. (laughs) And if the end game is a permanent happiness for everyone, I can see what you're saying, that there would be peace. On the other hand, uh, in the development of Jesus, it certainly, Swedenborg certainly describes, Mm. I remember there's one part where uh, in the Bible it says, Somebody says, how, Pharaoh says, how could you do this to me? Or what have you done to me? Oh, right. And that the emotion of that is the emotion Jesus felt in having to let go of certain things. Mm. So it seems like God is a little hard to, to box in. Yeah. As far as the question <laughs> about 
Mm. Are emotions a good way to navigate through life? Emotions are going to be there, and they're, they're, they're a huge part of existence forever. On the other hand, a lot of Swedenborg's enlightenment was learning to navigate emotions. That in his journal, Spiritual Experiences particularly, he talks about emotions being sort of weaponized by hell a, a lot of the time. Right. That spirits will try to stir up particular anxieties in him. They will mm -hmm. try to inspire him with fear about certain things. They, they will try to get him to eat butter. <laughs> we did an episode where it mentioned that. So it's this weird world of uh, uh, we can't tell what's what's a craving and what's a good affection mm -hmm. yeah. and so at the t that's why you can feel like wait do we just need these at all because they don't because we see things that are that are very different as very similar right and so he really wants that marriage of the heart and the mind so that the mind is telling you oh i think this is pretty self-centered you know what you're feeling right now as yeah. opposed to you know so having that truth to balance it i'm also just thinking of the statement that i think is in divine on wisdom that uh, God is infinite love, and that infinite love has an infinite desire to be loved. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's an emotion exactly, mm. but it's an amazing thing. To, it must be heartbreaking when you're not loved in return, or something. Yeah. You know, like there's got to be something akin to. I think it's beyond our understanding, but but. Uh, uh, there's also uh, several places in Swedenborg's works that talk about. Uh, the human race being in a state of misery, you know, subject yeah. as they are to this, this state of misery. I, I forget the wording exactly. Yeah, right. um, and it's hard to imagine that an all-loving God would not feel some kind of pain about that, like just to look at the mess that we've made of the yeah. planet and <laughs> things like that. And like, really, it seems like if we're created in his image that he would have some kind of sorrow about that or something but yeah so it's it's very hard to Je not project those feelings yeah well and jesus on the cross was being tempted about the outcome mm -hmm. right, that was were people going to end up in heaven or not in heaven and i think right. what we're seeing here is a little bit of proof of swedenborg's claim that jesus is the the finite understandable manifestation of the right because we're saying well i don't of know how god does it but like <laughs> this was happening with jesus so somehow right god is and in through jesus christ showing this is how you could kind of understand what i go through mm. is like something like that so it seems mm -hmm. like that's happening right mm -hmm. now I, yeah cool question. i feel like we could talk about this for longer yes but we've got to let it Move go on. because my yeah. feelings are just leading us to run out of time. Um, <laughs> so thanks so much, Zeke. Let's look at the next question. This is from Jen. Would that be a correspondence to the Sixth Commandment to begrudge another's religious beliefs? What's the Sixth Commandment? Wow. Is that thou shalt not kill? Or what is the Sixth? There are different numbering systems. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your As guess, so Jonathan? so often the case. Okay, so we've um, got... What, what would the... So we've the got him. fourth is honor thy father and thy mother-ish. I right. think of the sixth as being adultery in one of the, in one of the uh, numbering systems. Okay. All right. So to begrudge murder. Others, but murder is probably what the question is referring to. Yeah. To, to begrudge another's religious belief. Yeah, Swedenborg definitely says that that's a form of killing to attack someone else's belief system. Yeah. Like so just to destroy it, you know, make it impossible for them to take that seriously anymore. Yeah. Just like wipe that up. Uh, that is a very harsh, uh, yeah, he says that's a spiritual form of, of murder. The word, we're, we sort of feel like, oh, ideas and concepts are fair game. Just go after them. Sure. Mm -hmm. Not realizing that that's, a lot of those things are where people live. And that, you, you know, there will be consequences mm. to 
ripping that stuff out of, right, the, right. Out of this world. Yeah, and I have a colleague who's done some very interesting study lately on uh, Swedenborg's transitional time and how important it was that he was going back to his childhood faith and these yeah. deep feelings, these hymns that he would sing in his childhood and stuff like that. And yeah. I think that the deep feelings from his childhood were kind of meeting this rational enlightenment scientist, you know, yeah. and, and working things out together. And, and so that was not destroyed in him, even by years of, of sort of being a scientist, it, it hadn't uprooted that, that childhood faith that was still there. And that's, what we're, that's the point of this episode, is you can't uproot that stuff, because if, if Swedenborg had had all that stuff uprooted by some discovery he made, he wouldn't have had that well of the feelings of holiness to draw on, even though a lot of his new spiritual discoveries were contradicting the faith he was raised mm -hmm. on and yeah, amending right. it and changing it. It was. That's right. It didn't break it. He, he still was able to feel mm. this connection. Perfect well, this example. is like a, what is it? This is a encapsulation. It's a hologram. It's a monograph. It's a photolithograph. Okay, let's take our next one. Oh. No, never mind. Go Okay. All right, next question. Anne Quist asks, did Swedenborg feel the angels could be people you knew in life directly? And uh, my sense is Swedenborg is so, um, so unhelpful for this because he never talks about who the, he talks in terms He's of generalities. He's anonymous, isn't yeah, he? Anonymous. Yeah, yeah, pretty anonymous about who it is. But he certainly does talk in heaven and hell about how much all angels are assigned to people. In addition to their other work, they have people that they kind of sponsor or whatever yeah. you'd call it. And um, so they all, uh, and I just can't resist the idea. Swedenborg never says it, point blank, but I can't resist the idea that they they would be your ancestors or relatives because it just seems like you've got similar issues. Yeah. They would learn something from working with you. You would mm -hmm. learn something from working with them. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and Swedenborg says again and again that after when he went into the spiritual world, he saw practically everybody he'd yeah. ever met. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And that yeah. was a pr main part of his experience, was just seeing the peeps he, he knew, his, well, his class. Yep. Class right. of yes. 17, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. Go Huskies. <laughs> and, and he didn't um, he didn't always refer to them as being angels or devils. I mean, I guess some of them are just hanging around in the world of spirits waiting right. for their final path to appear to them. But must be that some of them had yes. made the big decision. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If, if right. I died, I would want there. I would want to. I'd want to help people I knew. I said, wait, no, this person's going to need my help. Absolutely, you know, wait, wait. I know yeah. this person. Yeah, right. How much of an advantage is that? Right. Mm. All right. Let's do. Let's just. Squeak, I think we've decided one more. In the there. panel has spoken. Yeah. The answer <laughs> is whatever we just said. Mr. Oakhill two forty six asked, did Swedenborg give his take on the burning bush? Mm. He did. He did. And let he me did. see if I know it. Yeah, um, well, pull that up out the of my fire phone. is love is spiritual fire. Yeah. That's and right. The fire is some kind of good affection, not consuming the bush. Mm. Well, the, to do with the bush has to do with. Um, it's perfect for this show. It's yeah. incredible that that question <laughs> came up because the okay, bush. Okay, it's just me answering the question. <laughs> it was nicely done, Chris. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> During the break, I'm just furiously the, typing questions. It, at least if it's like a thorn bush or anything like that, those are your concepts that you have, right? Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the stuff in your lower mind. And okay. yet they're not consumed by the fire. So the fire of what? God is in there, but it doesn't consume the concepts. That's, a, that's you, exactly you, what we're talking about. Is that really exactly, what it is? Exactly. That's exactly. It that's sounds freaky. good anyway. 
It's really freaky. Well, someone check us. Check our math. Yeah. yeah. It's right there in Secrets of Heaven. It's in one of those uh, 15 volumes. It yeah. is, indeed. It'll be in the one for Exodus chapter 3. Okay. That's, that's a wrap on the Q&A. Thank you so much, everyone, for participating Good with questions. us. As you can tell, we have some leads on some things that <laughs> hopefully will lead in the direction of an answer. God is working with our ignorance to answer these questions. <laughs> hopefully. Hey, you know how in the beginning we had this question about what episode of Swedenborg and Life right. would you all do? I want to know what people had to say, and we're going to find that out right now. So what's the haps, everyone? What do you think we should be doing a show about? And uh, would, if we had asked this a week ago, would any of one have said, bring puppets that look like you onto the show? <laughs> okay, help clear us, yeah. obviously we yeah. need it. Okay, this is what people had to say, right here. I'd love a show on perception. Hey, that's mm. my dad, which is not okay because we're already working on a show on perception. It's <laughs> 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 coming in a little bit. <laughs> Current, but but I, I hear you. That's legit. Current events <laughs> and the wars that we are seeing. Mm. Holy communion. Oh wow. Oh yeah, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do a show about Swedenborg and Buddhism, or Swedenborg and esoteric Islam. D.T. Mm. Suzuki wrote quite a bit about the former. I read that book. Mm, uh, that's Buddha right. The North was great. When Henry Corbin wrote quite a bit about the latter. That's right. That's from our friend Christian. Maybe a video about the sacraments would be good. Oh Is yeah. Communion one of the sacraments. Look We're starting that. to hey, see a theme here. Yeah. A Swedenborgian take on meditation. Nice. And so that's just, we should probably save these because that's a little bit like the Buddhism thing. Consider a show on about how Swedenborg and A Course in Miracles might relate or correspond. correspond. Mm -hmm. I've heard yes. a lot of people mention some Yeah, I know, I know some people are really dug into that deep. Yeah. How to tell others about Emanuel Swedenborg. Conversation starter tips. Oh, oh, we had that icebreaker nice. that one time about what's it like when you try to tell people about yes, Swedenborg. Yes. It's not, I'm not really trying to tell you about Swedenborg. I'm trying to talk about this new way to look at every facet of life that pulls everything That's together right. and is like the most comprehensive theory of everything that we have. Yeah, I had a wig on. I would like to see <laughs> Swedenborg's views on the wars and how to bring the current religions together because we all love comes from the same place. Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. I would like to see a show on how to have peace of mind in a world mm. gone mad. And appropriately, that's from Pace Yourself. Yeah, yeah that's right. You can, uh, you can only go, so how do we, the world is going to change at its pace, but how do we survive it? I'm not sure if the former episode covered this in full detail or if this one will, but I'd like to hear more about Other Planets book. Oh, Indres, we are currently, like if you looked around in our studio right now, you would see a some props upcoming for That's right. an episode exactly that. featuring the Earths and the Starry Heavens from the Other Planets book. Um, nice. I would like to see an interpretation of some issues that are prominent for today. Abortion, current legal system, and gay lifestyle. How would Swedenborg look at these issues today? Mm. That would get us a lot of clicks. Mm. That's right. Good. I would Very like important. to see a show on Swedenborg's... Yeah, we couldn't say what Swedenborg would say, but we could say, here's what we sort of think yeah, based on how life is saying, and yeah, what he right. said and that right. kind of stuff. I would like to see a show on Swedenborg's inventions and his work in mm -hmm. other fields. Hey, Interesting that's cool. Stuff. A little bit yeah, of, yeah, yeah. yeah, a little bit of the backstory. Mm -hmm. I would like to see a show about the reason of spiritual growth. Why has God started it all? 
why does God need humans and purify? Why does God need humans and purify these? Yeah, right? Because right. <laughs> we're all kind of paying the price for that system. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see a show on his. Tra- hey, this is getting a lot of material. Here. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. I'd like to see a show on his translation of Old Testament where it says God has set aside land for them, and they have to go kill even women and children mm. there. Yes. Which we've we've talked oh, before yeah. about, like how like the most. Um, egregious the parts of the Bible. Horrible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, how how did that make it in there and what could it possibly mean? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see a show about Swedenborg's definition of man's own and how sin becomes our appropriate. Mm. That's from Matthew Bush. Awesome. Oh, Perhaps okay. a show on more scientific discussion matched with spiritual. But there's already a video on that. I think it's been very well covered. I can't think of anything new. <laughs> well, it's not like we've exhausted the science, science with spirituality. spirituality thing, so I think, I, no, I think that's, that's legit. That's right. Always wrong. The healing power of forgiveness, if you haven't already done a show on mm. this subject. Mm. Yes. And That's we've, you know, true. we've touched on things, but I would say every time we finish doing a show, like we did a show we, about forgiveness, forgiveness, but we didn't necessarily look too deeply mm. into the healing side of it. Mm. And always, whenever we finish writing a show, we know we could do three more shows on this mm. topic. Right. Right. I'd like to see a Swedenborg Life show about the findings of quantum physics and how they corroborate Swedenborg's teachings about consciousness. I think that would be truly mm. fascinating. Mm. Mm. I agree 100%. There was a woman named... Ursula Grohl, who wrote oh, right. Swedenborg in the New Paradigm Science, which you can find on Swedenborg.com, which uh, is on that topic, but we'd love to, to flesh yeah, that yeah. out more. Cool. We'd like to see a show about how to build spiritual relationships in our communities according to his works and laws of divine providence. Nice. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. We'd love to see a show dedicated to the influence Swedenborg had on major historical figures, Helen Keller, Carnegie, Emerson, Dr. Jonathan Rose, etc. <laughs> okay, I didn't realize that. <laughs> Seemingly buried, ignored, or removed from traditional teachings. Ah, that's right. That's our friend Carl. Carl. Yeah, and there's a, there's a big old book we could be... That, that Swedenborg world memory would be right. getting into that's the first. Right. How Swedenborg compares to earlier figures like Eckhart or the blessed Joachim. Interesting, yeah. From right. Will Linden. A future show on the parables like in Matthew 2440 to help others understand by sharing the video. Yeah. Something shareable. Look at that. that. That's from Angie. All right. Hey. Yeah. So, that was mm. fun. One thing that I like about that is we've got some ideas for shows. But yeah. the other thing is it shows that the, you guys are serious about this. Like you guys yeah, are in there, right. you're thinking, you're expanding, and that's what I like about the Swedenborg thing in the first place is it's something you can get into and really chew on. It's not just, okay, there's six principles, we're gonna tell you they're all true, you gotta believe there's no more to explore. There's a lot more to explore. And mm-hmm. we look forward to exploring that all with you. Thanks so much, guys, for, for hanging out here tonight. Everybody, appreciate it very much. Uh, we wanna thank Angela Rose, who was on here, as well as Sony Werner and Greg Glenn, who made these puppets that we've got on right now. If you like this show even slightly, please like and subscribe (laughs) on YouTube. And if you subscribe, click the little bell so you'll get notifications for us. Patreon. What's so cool about Patreon? Well, it's how you can support us and make this sort of nonprofit work financially sustainable. (laughs) And we have a, a matching grant going right now so that, let's say, Dr. Jonathan Rose donates, uh, sets himself up on Patreon, a brand new account, we'll get a five to one match on that. Or if you even increase your pledge by whatever amount, we'll get a five to one match on that. Mm. So this is a way, if you say, I, I can give a little and I want it to go a long way, now is the mm. time. Uh, and that's just, a, we'll give you a little thank you, like behind the scenes stuff. We try to make our best stuff, as you can tell, we're doing our best stuff right now, <laughs> free to everybody. <laughs> Next week, uh, by popular demand, sort of like two people said they want to see it. We have a, we're gonna have the full broadcast of a presentation I gave at the Wisdom of the Near-Death Experience mm. Symposium in Austin, Texas, and we got to talk to everyone there about Swedenborg and the outer and inner self, and why do you have to deal with both the like depths of the truth about God and love and life is so great, and then the annoyance of traffic 
and this doesn't work, and I tripped, and why do we have disease oh, and this sort right, of thing? So right. how do we bridge that gap? We're going we're gonna to put that up next Monday. So hopefully you'll enjoy that, and I hope you have a great week in between. Swedenborg and Life is Amy Aquarola, Morgan Beard, Curtis Childs, Karen Childs, Matthew Childs, Alexa Cole, John Connolly, Cara Dom, Chris Dunn, Stuart Farmer, Ben Keyes, Reed McArdle, Chelsea Odner, Jonathan Rose, Shiloh Silverman, and Shada Sullivan.